Greetings and welcome to Digging Deeper with Kenneth Frank, where we uncover hidden gems of understanding in the Word of God. Did you know that King David came to a place in life where he realized there were mysteries of life that were beyond his understanding, and as a result, boldly entrusted them to God, even as a weaned child trusts its mother? His illustration may seem unusual, but there's a good reason he expressed it thus. Sometimes we rack our brains trying to figure out why things happen in life. We search and search for answers. We stew and fret almost to the point of exhaustion. David discovered a better way to handle life's mysteries. This digging deeper searches the inspired mind of David for guidance on how to live a life that does not have all the answers, but knows the one who does. Psalm 131 is the scriptural basis for this study, which reads, A Song of Degrees of David Lord, my heart is not haughty, nor mine eyes lofty, neither do I exercise myself in great matters or in things too high for me. Surely I have behaved and quieted myself as a child that is weaned of its mother. My soul is even as a weaned child. Let Israel hope in the Lord from henceforth and forever. Psalm 131, 1-3 King James Version throughout, except where noted. A Song of Ascents Notice that this psalm is here described as a song of degrees, also called Song of Ascents of David. It is one of the special collection of psalms within the greater Psalter, which means Book of Psalms. The NIV Biblical Theology Study Bible explains, quote, Psalms 120 through 134 are commonly called the Songs of Ascents. The title denotes songs that pilgrims sang on their way up to Jerusalem for one of the major festivals. Psalm 84, 5 to 7, Exodus 23, 14 to 17, Deuteronomy 16, 16, Micah 4, 2, C, Zechariah 14, 16, and note. And according to the Old Testament spatial perspective, Jerusalem is always up, regardless of the actual elevation of the starting point. 2 Samuel 6.12, Jeremiah 31.6, and Micah 4.2, end of quote. They are sometimes called pilgrim songs. Fawcett's Bible Dictionary reports that, quote, the simple style, brevity, and transitions formed by retaining a word from the previous verse, for example, Psalm 121, 1 and 2, from whence cometh my help, my help cometh, etc., are suitable to pilgrim song poetry, end of quote. The NIV Biblical Theology Study Bible illustrates this repetition in our psalm by quoting the NIV translation. Quote, Psalm 131 maintains the theme that concludes Psalm 130 by repeating verbatim, Israel, put your hope in the Lord. Psalm 131, verse 3, and Psalm 130, verse 7. Psalm 131 expands on what it means to hope in the Lord, negatively, verse 1, and positively, verse 2. End of quote. 
Of these Psalms of Degrees, Easton's Bible Dictionary declares, four of them were written by David. One, Psalm 121, verses 1 to 5, by Solomon, and the rest were anonymous, end of quote. The New King James Study Bible explains this psalm's authorship further, quote, Psalm 131, a psalm of trust, is one of four songs of ascent attributed to David. Also, Psalm 122, 124, and 133. The structure of the poem is as follows. 1. A statement of humility, verse 1. 2. A portrait of trust, verse 2. 3. A call for hope, verse 3. End of quote. History of Psalm 131. There are at least a couple of explanations for the historical background of Psalm 131. The Treasury of Scriptural Knowledge offers two. Quote, Some think that this psalm was composed by David when accused by Saul and his courtiers that he affected, which means assumed prematurely, the crown. Though others refer it to the time of the captivity and consider it as containing a fair account of the manner in which the captives behave themselves, end of quote. Bible readers will remember that David was ordained before King Saul's death by the prophet Samuel to replace Saul, but David deliberately avoided any action that could be perceived as an attempt to overthrow Saul. He boldly declared that he would not lift up his hand against the Lord's anointed, 1 Samuel 26, 9. Matthew Henry's commentary on the whole Bible explains, quote, It is probable enough that, as most interpreters suggest, David made this protestation in answer to the calumnies of Saul and his courtiers, who represented David as an ambitious, aspiring man, who under the pretense of a divine appointment sought the kingdom in the pride of his heart. End of quote. Instead of plotting against Saul, David waited upon the Lord for his induction into this royal office. Theme, Pride versus Humility. A closer look at the three verses of this magnificent psalm follows. One of the psalm's central lessons is that God's people must avoid presumption. Verse 1. As noted earlier, Psalm 131 verse 1 describes what it means to hope in the Lord negatively. In it, David expresses his humility by denouncing arrogance and pride. The NIV Biblical Theology Study Bible declares, quote, Believers who hope in the Lord submit to him. They are willing to leave certain questions unanswered because they have full confidence that the Lord knows the answers. Deuteronomy 29, 29, end of quote. The New King James Study Bible notes further, quote, David presents himself with genuine humility, a delicate balance between self-abasement and arrogant pride. From the life of David, we know that he was not always able to keep this balance, but it was his desire, and at times, by God's grace, a reality in his life. End of quote. One may wonder how readers should understand pride in this context. The expository notes of Dr. Constable defines it, quote, Pride is essentially a belief that one does not need God, but is self-sufficient. 
Haughty or lofty looks with the eyes betray a proud attitude because they look down on other people with a feeling of superiority. For example, Psalm 18, verse 27, Psalm 101, verse 5, Proverbs 6, 17, and Proverbs 30, verse 13. Pride also manifests itself in taking on projects for which one is not capable and thinking that one can handle them. The proud person overestimates his own abilities as well as his own importance. The humble person, however, has a realistic understanding of his or her capabilities and limitations. Compare Romans 12, verse 3, end of quote. Things too high. There's another important lesson from verse 1. Henry Morris in his Defender Study Bible comments on things too high for believers. Quote, There are great matters in the spiritual realm that, even for the mature believer, must be acknowledged humbly as too high for us to understand until the Lord comes. Note Psalm 139, verse 6, end of quote. The treasury of scripture knowledge adds even more to our understanding. Quote, the great and wonderful things meant are God's secret purposes and sovereign means for their accomplishment, in which man is not called to cooperate, but to acquiesce. As David practiced this forbearance by the patient expectation of the kingdom, both before and after the death of Saul, so he here describes it as a characteristic of the chosen people. Quoting Joseph Addison Alexander, end of quote. There are notable cross-references to verse 1, teaching believers that some matters of life are beyond their comprehension. Here are just a few, progressing successively through the Bible. 1. The secret things belong unto the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong unto us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. Deuteronomy 29, 29. 2. Thou hast beset me behind and before and laid thine hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain to it. Psalm 139, verses 5 and 6. 3. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. Romans eleven thirty three. Four, for I say through the grace given to me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Romans 12, 3. Trust like a weaned child. Psalm 131, verse 2, describes what it means to hope in the Lord positively. In it, David expresses his trust in God. He employs a metaphor of a weaned child. The ESV Study Bible explains, quote, Just as a weaned child is content simply having his mother's presence, so the faithful worshiper is content with God's presence, even when there are many things he would like God to explain, such as how one's own little story relates to the big story. End of quote. The NIV Biblical Theology Study Bible describes a weaned child as, quote, 
a young child anywhere from three to five years old. Just as a child of this age finds confidence in the presence of its mother, regardless of the circumstance, so the believer needs only the presence of their God to console them. Even though believers may not understand all that's happening or why it's happening, see verse 1 and note, they still confidently trust the Lord. End of quote. In Psalm 131, verse 3, David calls upon his readers for hope in the Lord forever. The expository notes of Dr. Constable provide a pertinent application for this psalm's conclusion. Quote, David called on the nation to follow his example and rest in confidence that the Lord would provide what his people needed. This dependent trust is a need God's people never outgrow. This psalm is an excellent exposition of what it means to have faith as a child. We can trust God because he is who he is. We must trust him because we are who we are. End of quotation. This has been Digging Deeper with Kenneth Frank. To learn more about the Bible and living a godly life, go to Living Education at lcgeducation.org, sponsored by The Living Church of God.